Next, let's discuss logical consequences. Remember when we discussed the disconnect often present between misbehavior and punishment? An example being you were rude, so you can't watch TV. With logical consequences, our goal is to establish a direct link between the behavior and our response. How do we implement this? First, we compile a list of household boundaries, which I like to refer to as the boundaries map. This serves as a guide for both parents and children. With this virtual map, children comprehend what behavior is acceptable and what's not. Plus, they'll know in advance how their parents will react if a boundary is crossed. There are no punishments or uncontrolled anger, only agreements. These agreements are logical. When we think about the agreement, we need to consider that your child's response could be non-compliant. It should also make sense to you, and you need to carefully think about and contemplate these responses that you will use in case of a breach in the agreement. Choose a response that would help your child understand the logic and encourage good behavior. Allow me to provide some examples to illustrate how this works. Let's say we've determined that it's essential for our children to tidy their rooms each evening before bed. The first question we should ask ourselves is, why is this important to us? The reason might be that it is a value order for us to have cleanliness in our home. If this value of order and cleanliness is crucial to you and you prefer everyone to go to sleep with a tidy house because it feels better for you and them, then you'll set the boundary for the child so they understand its underlying reasons. We won't just assume or dictate, but rather explain that order and cleanliness in the house is vital to us. So we can ask that before going to sleep, we appreciate having a clean and tidy house. You should speak to your child during a quiet moment as follows. If I see that the room is messy, I'll have to tidy it up because I can't sleep when the house isn't neat. However, if I end up cleaning it myself, I'll be tired. Consequently, I may not be able to read you a bedtime story or spend. The time with you before you go to sleep, as long as it makes sense. So if I'm tired, it means I might not be able to do something that's very important to them, something I typically do with them. Let's consider another scenario, a child who displays rude behavior. First, we must firmly set the boundary that, in our household, we don't tolerate disrespectful speech or harmful actions. When someone speaks rudely to me, I feel deeply upset and offended. Therefore, if such an event occurs, I'll need to retreat somewhere to regain my emotional balance. I'll require some alone time, which means I won't be available to you during that period. Pay attention to the elements I've highlighted. I've expressed my feelings and perspective. What do I experience when the house isn't tidy? How do I feel when people speak to me rudely? Following that, I've clearly outlined my priorities and explained the consequences when specific situations arise. Subsequently, I have prepared the child in advance for the potential outcomes. This doesn't involve talking down to them, but rather readying them for what's to come, 
while clearly emphasizing that these aren't meant to be punishments. It's essential for them to understand that our intention isn't to harm or belittle them. On the contrary, we are sharing our feelings with them and expressing our reaction to the situation at hand. Therefore, this is referred to as a boundaries map. It's a guide to help the child understand the consequences of not cleaning their room, not brushing their teeth, or exceeding the agreed upon screen time on the iPad. Let's shift for a moment our focus towards screen time, which I understand is a delicate topic for many parents. Consider this scenario. You and your child have mutually decided, following a candid conversation, that they can use their iPad or play video games for a set duration of three hours per day. Now, the important discussion to have with your child centers on the consequences of exceeding this agreed-upon time limit. What would occur if they went beyond the stipulated three hours and were unwilling to stop? In such a scenario, one strategy could be to agree beforehand that any excess time consumed will be subtracted from the next day's quota. To prevent reaching a point where they've exceeded their daily allowance, consider implementing reminder tools for your child, rather than waiting for them to exhaust their three-hour limit before exclaiming, Please don't shout from distance and say, Hey, time's up! It might be more effective to remind them gently as the limit approaches. Try assisting them in understanding that their allotted time will be up in the next 10 minutes. You might even set a timer to alert them 10 and 5 minutes before their limit is reached. Remember, when giving these reminders, keep your tone friendly and calm. Shouting from a distance with phrases like, Come on! turn off the iPad, you're over your time again, is likely to be counterproductive and not foster a respect for the agreement. As parents, our role is to collaborate with our children in setting household boundaries. Instead of concentrating on what might be bothering them, openly discuss your own concerns and potential solutions. Take the time to negotiate with your child about what will happen should these boundaries be overstepped. These discussions should be held during moments of calm when everyone is emotionally prepared to listen and absorb the information. When these agreed boundaries are breached, maintain a consistent response according to the predetermined outcome. Try to keep your composure when the boundary is violated and avoid statements like, I told you, how many times do I have to repeat myself before you understand? Or, ugh, I'm so tired of this. This approach should not be viewed as punishment. Stress the point. I'm not punishing. By saying that, you'll gradually notice your children cooperating with you and showing a desire to maintain the mutual agreement. This is how you respect both parties. You're presenting your perspective, establishing the boundary, and explaining the logical correlation between the response and the behavior. Your child will know this in advance. They'll accept it. However, they initially may test your consistency. The key is to remain steadfast, because if we succumb to the traps they set for us, the undesirable behavior will re-emerge. Then we risk reverting to punishment, humiliation, 
confiscation, and penalizing. We aim to avoid this. It's important to respect both sides. Always remember that punishing your children or taking away their belongings can end up humiliating them. This isn't our intention. Our ultimate aim is to nurture a strong, healthy, and trust-filled relationship with our children 